0: Welcome to Prep Talk, the Emergency Management Podcast. Find out what you need to know about preparedness, get all the latest tips from experts in the field, and learn what to do before the next disaster strikes. From the Emergency Management Department in the city that never sleeps, here are your hosts, Omar Bourne and Allison Fanisi.
1: Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening. I'm Omar Bourne.
2: And I'm Bushra Malik.
1: And you are our listeners. And as always, we thank you for joining us.
2: We want you to come back as often as you can, so feel free to add Prep Talk to your favorite RSS feed. You can also follow us on social media on our Twitter at NYC Emergency MGT, Facebook, or Instagram sites.
1: And that voice that you hear is none other than Bushra Malik who is back. She co-hosted two other episodes, and we're happy to have you back.
2: Thank you so much. I'm excited to be back.
1: It's good to have you. Now, on this episode of Prep Talk, we are talking about Meals on Wheels, and we are talking about emergency management. March is Meals on Wheels Awareness Month, also known as March for Meals. But what do Meals on Wheels and emergency management have in common? We have two special guests who are here to tell us more.
2: But before we dive in, it's time to give our listeners the latest hot topics in the emergency management field.
1: Here's your Prep Talk Situation Report.
2: This is the Situation Report. Let's get started.
1: All right, our first story comes from AP News. Are government warnings about dangerously high temperatures issued too late? The answer is yes, according to a new study published in the journal Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. The study shows that in northern states, which are generally cooler, there is an uptick in heat-related hospital visits before alerts are issued. These hospital visits also occur at cooler temperatures than in southern states. For example, in the Midwest and north-central states, more people go to the hospital with complaints of heat-related illness when it feels like 85 degrees outside. However, the National Weather Service does not issue heat alerts in those regions until the feels like temperatures approach 100 degrees or in the south where the feel like temperatures approach 105 for one day a co-author of the study who also leads a weather service branch says the weather service is going to look at this new information to see what it can do differently during dangerous high temperatures health officials advise Limiting or avoiding strenuous outdoor activities, staying cool inside, drinking plenty of water, and wearing light, loose-fitting clothing.
2: Thanks, Omar. This next piece is from the Weather Channel. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, 33 states, including New York City, showed high levels of flu at the end of February. The number of flu cases caused by a more severe strain of the virus known as H3N2 has also been on the rise recently. This year's flu vaccine is more effective against the H1N1 than it is against the H3N2 virus, about 62% versus 44%. Since October 1st, as many as 11.1 million people have visited a doctor because of flu symptoms, and as many as 23.6 million people have had the flu, resulting in 252,000 to 302,000 hospitalizations.
1: In another health story... This one from CNN. 16 cases of mumps have been reported at Temple University. The university, which is based in Philadelphia, first reported cases of the contagious illness back in February. Mumps, as you may know, is a vaccine-preventable disease that is caused by a virus. It is spread through saliva or mucus by coughing, sneezing or talking, or sharing eating utensils or cups. It can also spread when an infected person touches items or surfaces that are then touched by someone else who picks up the virus. Outbreaks usually occur among people who have close contact, such as on college campuses and among sports teams. Symptoms can appear 12 to 25 days after a person is infected and can include fever, headache, muscle aches, being tired, and loss of appetite. The best way to prevent mumps is with two doses of the MMR vaccine, that's the mumps, measles, and rubella vaccine. There were more than 2,000 cases of mumps in the U.S. in 2018. During January of 2019, 58 cases were reported, according to preliminary data from the CDC.
2: Has the federal government failed at effectively communicating emergency preparedness to the public? A new report by the Federal Emergency Management Agency says yes. The problem, a top-down, one-size-fits-all approach does not reach most communities. According to the report, preparedness messaging does not understand and articulate individual community needs, values and sense of identities, and is too general. The report was the result of a two-day workshop that convened 39 expert scholars at Georgetown University. Experts say plans should instead acknowledge different livelihoods, family structures, ethnic backgrounds, and religious practices. The solution? Locate and work with individuals already in the community, the report says.
1: Thank you very much, Bushra. That's a very interesting story because I know we're always looking at ways in which we can connect with communities here at New York City Emergency Management. Uh, So I'm sure there'll be more to come on that story. And that is the situation report. Up next, we have two special guests Rachel Sherrow from City Meals on Wheels and Joanna Conroy from New York City Emergency Management. They're going to join the show to answer the question, what do Meals on Wheels and Emergency Management have in common?
2: But first, here is a public service announcement from New York City Emergency Management and the Ad Council. Open calendar. What's my schedule looking like?
3: Next Thursday, you will be caught in an emergency flash flood between Park and First Street.
2: What? No, no, that doesn't work. I'm, I'm busy then. Decline. De- decline. Disasters
0: don't plan ahead, but you can. It starts with talking to your loved ones about making an emergency plan. So don't wait. Communicate. Get started today at nyc.gov readyny or call 311. Brought to you by New York City Emergency Management and the Ad Council.
1: You are listening to Prep Talk, the Emergency Management Podcast. You are listening to Prep Talk, and we are back. As we mentioned earlier, we are talking about Meals on Wheels. We're talking emergency management. The two may have more in common than you think. Here to tell us more are Rachel Sherrow. As I mentioned, she is the Associate Executive Director at City Meals on Wheels. And Joanna Conroy, she is the executive director of Human Services here at New York City Emergency Management. Rachel, let us start with you. Tell us a little about how Meals on Wheels serves the community, including the types of clients that you serve.
4: Sure. Um, city Meals on Wheels ensures that the over eighteen thousand homebound elderly throughout New York City, throughout the five boroughs, receive weekend, holiday, and emergency meals. Otherwise, um, the city is shut down. The city funds the meals that go out Monday through Friday. So without us, um, the older person in their homes wouldn't have food on weekends and and other times. We've served over 58 million meals since our founding. We're one of about 5,000 Meals on Wheels programs throughout the country. And our clients are the ones that are hidden behind closed doors, so we wanna make sure that we reach them uh, with our daily visit. Wonderful.
2: That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Rachel. So, Johanna, you're the executive director of human services at our agency. Can you please describe for us what the role of human services is in the community? Sure. Thanks, Bushra. Uh,
3: Human services is really the, the most public facing of the planning and coordination aspects of New York City emergency management. We plan for a lot of the public facing emergency operations, such as emergency sheltering, emergency feeding. Uh, We plan through the lens of planning for people with disabilities, seniors, um, and other vulnerable populations. So, our work with an organization like City Meals is very close.
1: It's good to know. Uh, Rachel, back to you. How many clients and meals do you serve per day or per week, and what kinds of meals? are we talking about typically?
4: We have over 18,000 clients that we serve on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Uh, Types of meals vary depending on um, where the person lives. Certain communities have um, their own diverse meals. Um, It's a protein, a starch, a vegetable. And then what we call as a cold pack, which consists of milk and bread and um, some butter. And there's always a dessert. Sometimes it can be a little piece of cake or a muffin, but most often it is a fruit.
2: Okay, so Johanna, within the Human Services Department at our agency, at Emergency Management, you have an emergency feeding planner. Can you tell us more about what that is? And can you explain their role and any coordination they may have with Meals on Wheels? Yes.
3: uh, So we have an emergency feeding planner, as you just mentioned, um, because during an emergency, feeding is one of our most critical uh, operations, and we really want to work with organizations that do feeding day to day, as well as organizations that do feeding in emergencies. Um, so the feed the feeding planner coordinates a group called the Food Access Lead Team, and that's made up of governmental and nonprofit organizations that do feeding. Day to day, and then uh, like city meals, and then also organizations that only do emergency feeding, such as Salvation Army or Red Cross, uh, because these are the subject matter experts day to day. And what we want to do is not only leverage their capabilities during a disaster, but we want to also make sure that during any kind of emergency that they can actually get their core missions accomplished in order that the feeding doesn't become a crisis uh, more than it otherwise would.
1: And I'm glad you mentioned during an emergency. Uh, because I know during emergencies New York city emergency management they issue what is called an advanced warning system message to some of its partners like city meals on wheels what is aWS and how does that work and uh, blend during an emergency for an organization like city meals on wheels
3: that's a that's a great question advanced warning system is one of our messaging systems and and like you mentioned earlier Omar about trying to get our message to people where they are. And like Rachel mentioned about, you know, this uh, population being um, maybe a little more difficult to reach Mm -hmm. Um, advanced warning system is actually a messaging system to try to get uh, uh, emergency warnings and messages out to providers of uh, services to um, vulnerable populations. So doctor's offices, adult daycares, because they know their population the best, And they know what kind of messaging reaches them. Does a phone call work better for their clients? Does something posted in a, in a, in a community room work better? Um, we give them the message so that they can disseminate it in a way that works best for their clients. And, um, and we hope that it can reach people that aren't reached by Facebook or Twitter or other ways that we, that we do messaging.
2: Now, I know we were on the topic about emergencies and AWS messaging. So, Rachel, what do you now do when you know that there's bad weather approaching and you might not be able to deliver food or any meals for a day or two?
4: Well, we are constantly pre-supplying. Um, we're pre-supplying our meal recipients, local senior centers, case management agencies, and what I mean by that is we will send out boxes or bags of um, shelf-stable food items that can actually sit in a pantry for six to twelve months, just in case. Um, certainly, when there's some bad weather approaching, and we really appreciate the uh, advanced warning system because it allows us to 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 take time to do this. We'll deliver extra meals to those most vulnerable. Um, and if it's going to be a, a big emergency, we try to get it to the entire population for sure.
2: That's wonderful. That's so good that, you know, I mean, obviously that that would be part of the, the process in general, but it's good to hear about it and to understand that, you know, this is such a integral part of, you know, what we do as a whole.
4: Yes, we work together very closely in a public private partnership with the city, with the Department for the Aging to make sure that our most vulnerable, you know, out of the 18,000, there are some folks who have um, some means and they have extra food on hand. But for many, we have a large population, almost 20 percent, that rely on the one meal they get a day. So in order to ensure that they have extra food on hand, we we deliver extra food. And with the advance warning, we're able to get even more to them to make sure that if there's a snowstorm or there's just, you know, flooding that happens in, in several parts of our city, they'll have
1: food. I mean, it shows the importance of working together and kind of coordinating uh, between the city, between emergency management and city meals uh, on wheels. Because I don't think a lot of our listeners uh, realize that we take kind of this approach where we're thinking about feeding, uh, not just on blue sky days, as we say, but during emergencies. And that plan is in place to make sure that people are fed during the most difficult times. Now, March... Is Meals on Wheels Month, Rachel. Yes. um, Meals on Wheels Awareness. For our listeners, what does that mean?
4: So it was uh, created a few years ago to really uh, spread awareness and educate people on what Meals on Wheels is, who we're serving, how vulnerable the population is, and how it allows people to stay in their homes and communities where they want to be, uh, where they've lived for their entire lives. Um, It's really a chance for us to deliver that message. And we mean that, you know, in uh, a lot of ways, delivering literally the meals, but um, reaching our public officials and the um, just the public in general with the message that people need food, they need food every day. If they're unable to shop or cook for themselves, we are there and available to them.
2: That's really integral. And now, Rachel, last year, our agency and New York City Emergency Management, we teamed up with Meals on Wheels. So can you tell our listeners a little bit more about that initiative as a whole?
4: Absolutely. Um, Before uh, most long weekends, what we do in in terms of the pre-supplying, we make sure that our meal recipients receive a box, a three meal box of shelf stable meals. So last year before Memorial Day, because deliveries wouldn't be made on Memorial Day, we send out our boxes and we included my plan, which came through uh, emergency management, which is very helpful for our recipients because it allows them to see what they can do in case of emergency, where they need to um, uh, reach out to or you know what channels they can get on their television or radio. Um, and it allows them to feel comfortable remaining in their own homes if that is Is the directive of the emergency, and knowing that somebody will get to them um, and
2: that they'll have food. Do you know by any chance how many packages were created overall?
4: Almost 18,000. So almost 18,000 recipients received that information. And we're actually doing it again for July 4th this year, uh, which is a perfect time because during the summer months there's inevitable heat waves mm-hmm. and even if it's not a, a necessarily a heat wave it's it can be very very um uh, too much overwhelming for one of our recipients even to go downstairs to their local deli to get you know a quart of milk or um some bread and they have to stay in their own homes it allows them to understand that they have to use their air conditioning if they have it or if they they have a fan Um, and to be able to reach out if they're feeling uncomfortable, and to hydrate, hydrate,
1: hydrate. And um, the My Emergency Plan is really just a general uh, resource for individuals of all ages, uh, for them to be able to fill out and kind of get the preparedness ball rolling, so to speak. You know, uh, preparedness is one of those topics that not a lot of people like to talk about. And so The emergency, the My Emergency Plan bootleg is just a way that you can sit down with yourself, with your family uh, and get the process started, get the conversation started on on what you would do in certain emergency situations and, and what resources you would have and need.
2: Absolutely. Uh, just a quick reminder for our listeners are my plan is actually printed in over 12 different languages. So if you visit our website, you can definitely print out a PDF copy for yourself and fill it out with your family and the members in your household.
1: nyc.gov slash emergency management. Exactly. Um, now, during the month of March, uh, there is a week, Community Champions Week. Um, Rachel, tell us about this and some of the common activities associated with this initiative.
4: Yes, uh, for sure. We What we'll be doing that week, we're going to be taking a, a council member out on a meal delivery. We have some events happening at our warehouse in the Bronx where we package our shelf-stable um, meals. We'll be bringing in corporate groups and other community groups to learn what we do and to actually participate and pack some meals. And obviously, we do what we do every day. We tweet Um, You know, we're on social media, uh, pushing out the message of who we're serving, why we're doing, you know, why we have this mission and where they can get the help if they need it.
2: Wonderful. And now I have a question for you. Now Meals on Wheels, it sounds like an incredible initiative. That's something that I want to get involved in. How can you how can you tell our listeners about how they can get involved with Meals on Wheels and where can we go to find more information?
4: Absolutely. Great question. You can always go on our website, um, citymeals.org. You know, to be honest, um, fundraising is always a a big issue for us. So donations of money are always um, accepted. But we love having our volunteers. Last year, we had over 25,000 individual volunteers who spent 80,000 hours um, helping us. So that's incredible. So, you know, volunteering, delivering meals, uh, writing cards. Uh, a pen pal program a friendly visiting program we have a variety of different um opportunities for volunteers and then of course there there you know if you are a provider if you're a doctor if you're a social worker and you need to get a, a a person on the program go right to our website and there's information very easy to figure out how to get that person on
1: Rachel I got to ask you about the pen pal program when you <laughs> said it Joanna and I smiled at each other <laughs> um I haven't heard Pen pal in <laughs> such a long time. For our younger listeners, uh, like Bushra, <laughs> I am not that so much younger than you. <laughs> Can you explain a little about sure. what a pen pal might entail for those who may not know?
4: It's actually it's funny. I, I use the word pen pal because I figure more people would know that it's called our senior <laughs> script program. You know, this is a population that wrote letters, and mm-hmm. that's how they communicated. And so the program connects a person in their home with a volunteer. The volunteer writes a letter to the, the person, then goes back and forth. We do, I must say, we, we do intervene and make sure that all of the letters are, you know, everything is okay of in course. the letters um, above board. But they're, you know, they go back and forth. And it's, it's, it's lovely. I think it's terrific for younger um, people to get involved with because they're not used to um, uh, communicating that way. And for our recipients, it's wonderful for them to get the letters.
1: Joanna, did you have a pen pal?
3: <laughs> You're really going to ask me how old I am, Omar? No, no, no. no, I, no. <laughs> <laughs> I know. She, I had them. Yes. yes. That's, uh, yes. <laughs> I, I had pen pals. I loved it. In fact, I'm just thinking, oh, this sounds really exciting. I might talk to you after this, Rachel, and see Perfect. if I can get involved. I would love to do that again. <laughs>
2: see? I used to write back to my family. Well, because I wasn't born here. I wasn't born in the States. I was born in Bangladesh. So, to help improve, fun fact, I was in ESL until the first grade. So, to help improve my English and my writing skills, my mom would make me write letters back home. Mm. And now I'm a co host on Prep Talk. There you go. Look
1: how far <laughs> you've come, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One last question here What do organizations like City Meals on Wheels uh, mean to their communities that they serve? And the agencies that they work with
4: well, it allows um, the older adult to age with dignity, live in their communities um, and it's a daily check-in so they they know that somebody is going to be looking you know checking in on them uh, on a daily basis. Some of them don't have support, some have family no longer in. New York City are in the area, and it it makes them feel comfortable that they're able to remain in there in their communities where they want to be, um, and it's supporting the local providers who are not only feeding them but also giving them, you know, making sure they have the benefits and entitlements that they deserve.
1: And we always say during emergencies uh, to be a good neighbor, you know, make sure that you're checking in on the elderly, on vulnerable populations, those who may need it most. And this is exactly what City Meals on wheels is this is what the overarching meals on wheel program is. It's being a good neighbor to those who may not have someone. And uh I know at emergency management we're happy to be a part of that, uh working with you uh and your team, Rachel, to ensure that we're getting the message of preparedness out to them, but that we're assisting uh in any way that we possibly can. Joanna, any last words?
3: Um I think that uh you know, as I mentioned, you know, our partnership with organizations like City Meals is great for us because not only does it uh, allow us to know that the most vulnerable populations are being served day to day, but we also know that during an emergency, those populations will continue to be served. But we will also get um, a better understanding of what's going on in these communities through providers that do direct service like City Meals. We get to understand a little bit better what the cascading effects of an emergency are in a community.
1: And it goes back to the article that Bushra you read uh, in the situation report, the study uh, that FEMA mentions, where uh, they're saying that the federal government may have failed at effectively communicating emergency preparedness to the public. And I think with programs like City Meals, and with agencies like Emergency Management teaming up to meet people where they are uh, to share. Information, uh, like uh, giving out the My Emergency Plans, speaks to meeting the public where they are. Uh, There's a demographic of an older population that we're able to serve and to inform about preparedness. Uh, So I guess this is a reminder that, you know, for all emergency managers out there, explore ways that you can connect with your community um, because there are numerous ways out there in which you can do that. Um, and there are ways that are unorthodox, uh, but at the end of the day, they're non-traditional, but there are ways that we can connect with people. And that's the overarching goal.
2: Absolutely. I mean, I think it's important for everyone to remember that with the different agencies and the different programs, it's really just a symbiotic relationship. And the purpose of our goal is to just help New Yorkers regardless of what their backgrounds are and making sure that everyone's prepared.
1: I got to tell you, symbiosis is probably the only thing that i remember from science class so i'm glad that you used that word if you don't know now you know
4: you're listening to prep talk
1: the emergency management podcast it's time
4: for prep talk rapid response
2: It is rapid response time, and if you are a first-time listener, it is simple. Omar and I will ask our guests a few quick questions, and they will give the first answer that comes to mind. So let us get into it.
1: Uh, We're going to start with Rachel. Uh, What is one emergency item you cannot live without? Water. Mm, That's a good one. Joanna, how about you?
3: Toothbrush.
2: (laughs) That is important. First <laughs> also thing, a good answer. You got to keep your teeth <laughs> All right. So, Joanna, let me start with you. What is your favorite TV
3: show or movie? So this is always a tricky one for me. I am not much of a TV watcher. So when anyone says to me, have you seen X? I always say, oh, oh no, but I read the book. So Game of Thrones clan of the cave bears whatever it is I've read the book but not much of a TV watcher or a movie watcher
1: so you haven't seen Game of Thrones on Netflix no but I've read
3: all the books well until they until the TV show went past the books (laughs) so now I'm behind Rachel why don't you tell us about your your favorite
4: TV show sure I you know I Love Seinfeld, and oh. I can watch it in reruns anytime and still laugh. Um, so, as sad as that may seem, because it's bad. twenty years old, I, I just love it. Do you High have a five, favorite character? Rachel. I love
1: Seinfeld, love it. Do best you have a favorite character ever. from the
4: show? Uh, oh, uh, Elaine. Okay. I mean, oh, well, nice. I mean, obviously George. He is a hero in a sick way, but no, Elaine is the best.
1: I am a huge Seinfeld fan, so I yeah. I co-sign on. It that. is great.
2: Yeah. I don't think I've watched a single episode. Oh, but my, I know. my goodness. Bushra, you need to watch I know, I'm sorry. Yes,
1: you do. Um. Anyway, I digress. What is currently on your playlist, Joanna?
3: So this is uh, a little kind of embarrassing. I recently was at a wedding and someone danced to an ABBA song, and I got ABBA stuck in my head. I'm listening to ABBA all the time right now for the last two weeks.
1: What's your favorite ABBA song?
3: Uh... Well, I mean, the cl- you know, there's the classics, Dancing Queen, you know, S.O.S. I mean, they're, they're, every, they're all great. They're all great in their way.
1: I'm not going to try to get you to sing.
3: No, <laughs> not, no, no, no. <laughs> don't want
4: to do that.
1: Rachel, how about you?
4: Again, I don't think I have anything past 1995 on my playlist. And the most recent thing I downloaded was The Cars. <gasps> so
3: no. I'm oh. just going through a
4: phase
1: that's okay. Faces are good. Classic.
4: Thank you. It Cars. is. It is classic. Yeah,
2: so good. So Rachel, I'm going to start with you on sure. this one, especially with meals on wheels. What is your favorite meal?
4: Oh, pizza, hands down. Pizza, pasta, hands down. Carbon Cannot up? do the cart right without carbs. <laughs> <laughs> Keto diet
2: is not for you. Not for me.
3: <laughs> um, I there are there's a lot of food I like, but every time someone asks me if you were stuck on a desert island and you had to eat this for the rest of your life, I'm with Rachel. It would be pizza. Like I, I just. It's my go-to.
1: Very interesting. Yeah. Bushra, if you're stuck on an island, what are you eating?
2: Oh my God, that's really hard to, I don't know. Very hard. I like I like a lot of different things. I mean, I was raised on different kinds of curry, but then I would hate it because the smell would get stuck on my clothes. So mm-hmm. now I think I'm going through a phase of uh, maybe ramen right now. What? I love ramen. Omar is giving me like the side eye for our listeners. It's like, you're not a ramen guy. What are you going to eat? I uh, you know Let me know peas and rice
1: that's right and flying peas. fish that's right oh my peas God. and rice and flying fish how you did i it. know <laughs> and i'm on an island so i'll there'll be fish <laughs> that's perfect. catch See? your own makes sense yeah. <laughs> and the last question for both of you rachel i'm going to start with you sum up the work that you do in one word meaningful very good word joanna
3: uh coordination
1: well done. this has been a fantastic conversation city meals on wheels and the general meals on wheels program and i hope that we've answered your question of what do meals on wheels and emergency management have in common It's coordination it's meaningful work is connecting with people in their communities uh it's being a good neighbor and reaching out so we thank you rachel for being here at joanna we thank you for being here for the second time, thank you um, for having me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, we look forward to more meaningful work with City Meals on Wheels in the thank future.
0: Thank you. That's this episode of Prep Talk. If you like what you heard, you can listen anytime online or through your favorite RSS feed. Until next time, stay safe and prepared.